I'm not just a time runner. I'm the last of the time podcast that's bigger on the inside than it is on the outside for the final time this year it's who do you think you are our doctor who retrospective here on best film ever i'm ethan and i'm ian um man it's uh last time this year i'm like it's it's time time the laws of time are there to, for for us to control not the other way around so who knows I, if it's the last one we'll do this year i completely forgot because i was going through like the schedule of everything and how i've lined everything up and i was like oh wow yeah this is this is the last one of the year merry christmas i guess yeah, merry christmas happy new year all the good stuff or or happy almost new year or, you know commiserations on 2021 yada 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 <laughs> uh, not commiserations ethan i i'm yeah. gonna ruin my gimmick here and i'm gonna give you some absolute public props that introduction you've done this time you have outdone yourself this is uh, I the problem is not how you're going to top this. This this is your magnum opus. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're, I don't want to say Tarantino, jeez. But, you know, this is you going Pulp Fiction. Good luck. It'll take you about a dozen years to try and find something I'm, on this level. I'm terrified. I've, I, I write scripts out now of the lines that I think are probably the best thing. And because the next one will, you know, be like the the, the culmination of 10 and Davies. I'm like, what the hell am oh, I going to do good point, without yeah. it being like five minutes long? So that, that's gonna that's gonna be fun. Just that's, just that's my New just, Year's resolution. Just probably. do a, a multi cutter every time that um, Donna Noble says, "Am I bothered?" Just sort of do, just sort of do that. Just ignore all the actual relevant story beats, and just do, just do that. I'm gonna play the uh, the clip where they did like the comic relief 
crossover the, the, where yeah. uh, it was the Catherine Tate show and she pr- thinks that her teacher's the doctor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just going to do that <laughs> the entire time. But no, I, I say Merry Christmas uh, because we're covering the Waters of Mars, an episode that originally was going to be the Christmas special. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, yeah. It was going to be, went through a couple rewrites, but I, I used this as my segue because it was originally going to be called Red Christmas. Uh, written oh. by Russell T. Davies and co-written by Phil Ford, who originally wrote this to be sort of based around uh, a frozen Earth instead, and there wouldn't be like the the emphasis on Mars, and it would be uh, have a, a couple different uh, characters and maybe a different actor entirely for a role. I, I never get to do this. We always do this for BFE, so this is exciting. Uh, but no, it was going to be a, a Christmas special, but they changed it uh, instead to focus around a sort of the the third quarter, fourth quarter thing before the uh, the two party became a a story. Uh, and with that, I'm just going to go j- jump right in because the context goes later on, and we see uh, we see a video message from the daughter of our our main companion of this episode, Adelaide Brooks, uh, played in this by Lindsay Duncan who I don't know if you know her from anything uh, film or television wise, but she's mainly just been in sort of like uh, sort of just normal TV things, Dick Turpin, like TV movies, all that. I don't think so. I don't think so. This is Adelaide Brooke we're talking about. Uh, yeah, she is the, uh, she's the narrator of Clum- uh, Come Fly With Me. Oh, surely. Uh, you, yeah, yeah. And she's the, the silver droid in Star Wars Episode One at the beginning. Uh, from like all the info that I found, okay. Uh, but originally not going to be played by Lindsay Duncan uh, in Russell T Davies' eyes, because oh. he wanted uh, for the strong uh, female older character to be played by someone who usually exudes a strong female older presence. He wanted Helen Mirren. Oh, I really like a relative unknown in this part. Yeah, I really, really do. Now, I don't know how how known Helen Mirren was around this time. Um, uh, pretty known. The, the main Roger. reason okay. that he didn't end up uh, using her was because the character was way too similar to a character that she played in a film in 2010. Oh, okay. And he just preferred uh, Lindsay Duncan's performance uh, in the audition. Which spoiler, um, fantastic. She's she's not bad at this acting thing. Yeah. No, no, no. She might actually have a career if she really wants to. If she if she applies yeah. herself after this, I think she's. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, there's something there. Something there. But I'll, I'll use something this. Something in the water, you could say. Something in the. I'll use this to segue. Uh, we had our secret stand at work today, and I was fortunate enough to receive a a TARDIS coffee mug. I have yet to oh, see nice. if it holds more on the inside. I get to see that. <laughs> uh, and some wine gums. I mean, someone obviously asked someone or they, nice. did, they did some research because that's pretty spot on for me. Oh, you that's get, perfect. You, you get me some wine gums, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a happy chappy, I am. And from there, we, we sort of find out from this video uh, message from her daughter that uh, Adelaide's been on the planet of Mars for two years with her team. And then we go to an exterior shot to see the doctor's land of the TARDIS on the surface. And he's got his, his little suit that he wears whenever he goes anywhere on a different planet. I love that suit so much. Yeah, it's, it's, such, a, it's such an iconic Doctor Who. I suit. like that. Oh, I see. I don't know it's iconic. I just like the, the, the color scheme. That burnt orange is, yeah. is, is, is really quite good. It seems to be a theme now since Tennant that like every doctor has to wear it at least once. Okay. Um, Matt, yeah, Matt Smith wears it, Capaldi wears it. I I want to say Jody wore it, but I'm not I'm I can't even remember. Uh but this is where we sort of get an introduction of all of our main players. Uh so Adelaide, Yuri, 
uh, Mia, who's played by uh, Gemma Chan from The Eternals, which if you want to hear Ian's opinion on uh, on her, listen to that <laughs> one. Because I haven't seen Eternals, but from what I gathered, this she has the same presence here that she did in that film. Wait, shut up. This was Gemma Chan? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I actually kind of liked her in this. That's the thing. I was listening to it. Like the review, and I was like, oh, this is going to be great when we get to Waters of Mars. This is going to be hilarious. I, you know what? I didn't pick up on it. I'll say that much. Mm. No, I think there's something. I, 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 I don't mean to besmirch the young lady. She's very good in that supporting um i you know i I get to check in on you three or four times during the the narrative and that's about it kind of role um maybe you know um i I know she's testing the waters in in internals and whatnot but i I did not care for her performance in that film it's a shame because i do like her in this uh but from here we see the doctor looking out upon the base and it's like a proper sort of 50s dream of a space base where everything's sort of hexagonal and different domes leading into a center and he's in awe of it but it's uh too late because he's held at gunpoint by a tiny little robot that says gadget gadget and we go straight to titles of the waters of mars and we get one of my favorite things which i included in in the intro which is state your name rank and intention doctor doctor <laughs> fun and everyone's uh, on the space is shocked that there was a man that was on mars that wasn't part of their team and they sort of uh, i think it could be uh the branson corporation or later on i think they say is it is it the indonesians or uh it, it's a it's a the philippines the philip yeah the uh the philippines and uh he's held at gunpoint still by adelaide and um as is going on he tries to give everyone his word to trust him but still Gadget's going to cover him for a while. And he's uh, he's a little tiny robot that's got an autoglove respondent uh, through the use of one of our other side characters of this called Roman, who's the the American of this. And the only reason that I bring oh, this up- Oh, a couple of this, Americans, aren't there? I think he's the only, there's an American and Australian- Oh, I the think. Australian second in command, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right, you're right. And uh, Roman's like, oh, I, I make him say gadget gadget every time because it's really funny. And the doctor hates funny robots. Is this a shot at canine? What is this a shot at? I think this is just a shot of the idea that it's a really corny uh, robot. Oh, I was hoping it was. A, I was hoping yeah. it was a callback. Okay. There's a point later on where um, he loves a funny robot. Like, yeah. Yeah. He where he's like, oh, what would you prefer? Uh, would you prefer a robot dog? And he's like, oh yeah, I love robot dogs. Yeah, like, robot dogs are great. Uh, but. Uh, during all this confrontation, we go to uh, another part of the base. We have our two gardeners, Maggie and Andy, and they're celebrating because they've got the the first birth of the Mars carrots, the first garden off of Earth. And he washes the carrot, takes a bite, and his Maggie uh, wonders about who's actually arrived. Uh, we see that Andy uh, is in the background, out of focus, shaking, falling to his knees. And as Maggie gets confused about what's wrong with Andy, he turns around, goes, ah, and he's all watery like a monster. Yeah. Does this thing not overdo the whole I'm in a monologue while facing away from you trope? They do it a couple of times and then it follows with the ah I can't, every single time. I can't think of a time in my life where I've wanted to go and say, am I, let me take a step away from you and face the other direction as I, as I sort of think <laughs> aloud to myself. You'd think, but yeah. you know, this is this is a Doctor Who. A lot of this episode, I will say, it's it's uh, get from because th- there is no B plot. There is a singular A yeah. plot throughout all of this, so it's very quickly done. So getting getting from A to B, ironically, is sort of just so sewed over in a way. 
Uh, but we go back to where the Doctor is in the Australian second-in-command. Ed suggests that the Doctor's an independent, and he introduces himself to the crew, and he wants to know who they are. And we find out that these are the first humans that have been on Mars, on the, on the Bowie Base One, which is named after David Bowie because of his song Life on Mars. Oh, that's cool. Which I think is really sweet. Um, and now, like, since he's passed, that adds, like, another sort of... Uh, effect that this is 2050 uh, yeah 2059 so it can then be also referenced to uh his legacy afterwards which is like extra extra cute now uh but as the doctor hears that it's bowie base one he has bbc news flashbacks with <laughs> every single time and this is for us to know what's actually happening and it have a lot of quick headline reads is uh the doctor realizes each person we get introduced again and you it's uh gotta respect whatever publication this was because yeah. the, the 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 most minute side character got as much ink <laughs> as as adelaide did it was like no no yeah. they're all getting two thousand words they're all important it's they are born whenever died uh 2059 and all of them die 2059 and the doctors realizes that he he needs to go at some point and that people will never forget any of their names and when he asked the exact date which is the 21st of november 2059 uh we get another bbc news flashback reveal of a headline that this is the day that they all die yeah and the doctor's shocked and he he apologizes and says this is the one time that he has no choice, but he thanks them for letting him meet them and he goes to leave. Before he does, he asks where uh, the other two, Andy and Maggie, are. And Ed calls Maggie, but all they hear are, are monster noises of... The, you know, the, the, the stereotypical sort of Doctor Who monster yep. sounds. And uh, from here, the Doctor's like, oh, uh, I, I should really go, but we know he won't because there's still 50 minutes left. And uh, the crew go to investigate uh, the gardens as the cameras have now gone down for some reason. The lights in the gardens now turned off and Adelaide, suspecting something's wrong, then uh, tells the doctor to come with her since all the weird things started happening when he's arrived. And this is then when the, the companionship of Adelaide and the doctor begins for the rest of the episode, who, which I think is a nice one. Yes. Who also got secondary billing in the credits. Yes, there was which, a, the, 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 it was just the two names, and she got companion status for this episode. And this is this is essentially sort of the the theme of this. I want to call it mini series, but it's basically a series within a series uh, because uh, Doctor Who series four happens uh, in two thousand eight. This is two thousand nine, and during this year, we don't get a, a standard series. Uh, we get trilogy of specials, isn't it? Yeah, we get a trilogy of specials and the final one being a two-parter. So we get uh, an Easter special uh, with uh, the Planet of the Dead with, uh, of all people, Daniel Kaluuya and, uh, oh, um, not Jimmy Carr, the other, uh, Lee Evans. <laughs> being yeah. very sweaty. I don't remember that one, and I think maybe the be I'm the better for it. Don't worry. I There's, like, it's unimportant until the final 10 seconds yeah. when 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 uh, the the pork, pork pork chops and gravy woman's like your song's gonna end he'll knock four times yeah and that that that's all you really need to know there but no this is uh, sort of the theme we'll have a a, a companion of the of the week uh, of the episode 
And this is this is Adelaide. And as they walk to the garden, Adelaide uh, wants to know why the doctor mentioned that uh, Maya was only twenty seven earlier when he goes through every single person because he's like, oh, you you were only tw- you you were only twenty seven, and she's starting to figure out that something's definitely wrong with him. But uh, deflecting, the doctor asks Adelaide and said if the mission was really worth it. Uh, she devoted her entire life for this for the last 40 years and we find out that on earth uh it's been chaos the climate crisis has been terrible there was an oil apocalypse we we nearly had an extinction i can't say any of those are happening anytime soon but ooh, yeah. i love i <laughs> it was especially it was like it's 40 years ago so we're, I don't know. we're sort of in the midst of the, of the of their climate crisis i don't know you it, gave it, everything up it seems like you had a family um, yeah. you might not be grandma who stays at home and bakes cookies, but you, you definitely, you know, this isn't some woman who's going, I gave up having family, you know, yeah. I, I felt you could have sold me on the hero worship of Adelaide Brooks just fine without that line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is the woman who's, who's gone to, to save the future of the world and will later inspire her granddaughter. And it's, it's a nice beginning of what's actually i think a pretty good arc for a for a 60 minute episode that we'll never see again mm-hmm. agreed and and i like that and uh, uh they find that maggie's collapsed on the floor of the the massive tunnel and the doctor says uh to everyone not to touch her because we call in yuri and ed to bring med packs and a structure so they can isolate her and uh then we also get uh the addition of another person who tags along called yarrick who will be our second uh well, a third victim of the day, really. And the three of them go to investigate where Andy is in the garden. And at the same time, uh, Mia uses some diagnostics to register what the growl was. And it registers that it was Andy's voice. And this is sort of the 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 beginning of, I, I don't want to even say the mystery, just the the enemy. Sure. Really. Uh, and as, as we enter the garden, the Doctor uses his sonic to turn the lights on. And uh, Tarek leaves the two alone to investigate and follows the conventions of a regular horror movie where we're never going to see him again. And we also find at the same point there are robins in the garden. There are birds all around to help the ecosystem. And I, I mention this only because of what's going to happen at the end of the episode. And Oh, jeez, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, my heart's really <laughs> broken. <laughs> I, was, I was writing my notes down, I was like, I swear something bad happens later. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, but we find out uh, at the same time, Yuri's calling uh, Adelaide to say that Maggie's woken up, but she seems to not remember anything. And she asks Maggie uh, where Andy is, but she still can't remember. And she wants to be let out. She's demanding to be let out because she says she's fine. But uh, Yuri's like, well, no, we, we have a, a one-day quarantine. You, you know the rules, 24 hours, then you're good to go. And that's... I Unless you have two ne- negative lateral flow tests. Yeah. Yep. And this is the last time we'll ever see Maggie again. So I've I've enjoyed our time with Maggie. Well, Maggie we, in this in yeah, this version, the, yeah. The character of Maggie and not the the, the untainted, yes. Yeah, the untainted. And um Tarek then calls out for Andy and he finds him and he is he's sopping wet. He is just dripping. And you know, despite seeing that something's really wrong and seeing that there's also been an attack or some kind of weird thing with Maggie, he's going to go up to him, despite him being visibly ghoulish, and he, he's sopping wet. And he turns around again, goes, ah! And water blasts the camera. We go back to Yuri, who's watching a video from his brother telling a, a funny story. And this is where we see 
Maggie, in quotation marks, become fascinated. Because Yuri's listening to a story that's told by his brother about his brother's husband uh, doing some uh, buying something for Christmas, I think it was. Yes. Uh, Let's take it easy. Let's not do big extravagant presents. And then uh, it was a top of the line sports car of some sort. Yeah. And at the same time, we see Maggie in the background uh, uh, out of out of uh, out of focus, focus. Yep. yeah i was gonna say frame but that's definitely not correct no. uh and we see her turning into one of the flood again and she begins is that what they're called the flood is that they're called yeah they're called the flood uh i kind of like the flood as a yeah. if they popped up I and mean, you really can only do them like once every like 20 years or something or, or yeah you know they're not like weeping angel status are they but no, as far as like a, uh, they're spooky bring them back because the problem is they're just too powerful and so you have to kind of yeah. have them at a limited sort of range, but I really like this. The character design's gross, which yeah. I liked. I thought it was best done with Maggie. Uh, I thought the two blokes became kind of just cartoon characters, but they I like Maggie's. Really weird. Yeah, I never thought they looked. Cre- I thought Maggie looked creepy, and uh, I think it's Steffi later on. Hers becomes pretty yeah. like creepy as well. But the two guys, because they're so wet and their hair's slicked back, and you see like every single follicle, it didn't yeah. work as well. Yeah. But no, this is, I think that they're essentially an add-on to a, to a Doctor Who villain already. Yep. And I, I appreciate that. It's it's adding on classic stuff. And I thought that was very, very cool. Uh, but uh, the Flood Maggie uh, begins to ask about Earth because his brother lives by the sea. Yuri's brother uh, is the Sea of Tranquility? No. No, Sea of Tranquility is on the moon. Yeah, yeah. Caspian Sea? That. Yeah, yeah. And uh, she's like, Earth has so much water, but it's more sort of so much water. Why could this not have come back at any other point during the episode? I don't know. I think it's more just to be like, this is this this is the threat. Because water is silent but deadly, but it was like we need to make sure that the audience here's why. (laughs) They have her talk because the audience needs to understand that Earth is the threat. The threat is they're going to go to Earth and they're going to take over. However, to do this, they gave them a superpower they'd use for one moment and never use again. Yeah, it was it was weird. And at the same time, she's like, Earth has so yes. much water, so much beauty. And now we see she's visibly become the the, the flood monster. And Yuri goes, oh, something's wrong. And he doesn't do what, uh, what Tarek does. He immediately just goes, something's wrong. I'm going to run away. I respect you. And this is why he survives. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Adelaide uh, says to Tarek, they're going to go back, but he doesn't reply in the comms. So they try and find him. And he's he's being baptized by Andy to become the flood as well. Strange. Yeah. Yeah. He. The thing that I always find interesting about the way that like, okay, they're going to turn is just by having them convulse a lot and then just pop up and be all, all wet there is one which is so <laughs> ridiculous i will let you know when we get to it i think i know exactly which one it is and i cannot wait yeah uh but adelaide wants to uh point guns and ask questions later but the doctor's against that and both of these guys they're they are here's my hideous. thing if she actually just empties a clip we done what happens we done here I don't Does know. the doctor cause this? Because I, I think that's the we just reviewed episode one hundred of the Matrix. Sorry, yeah. we just reviewed in episode one hundred of best film ever, the Matrix. 
Yeah. And there's the bit where Neo goes to the Oracle and she says, don't don't worry about the vase. And he goes, what vase? And he knocks into it and knocks it off. And so the question is, if I hadn't brought it up, would you still have broken it? The question is, is this the only, like, is, do they all die because the doctor doesn't realize he's the one who was going to do it because it's not in his history yet? I think that's the, that's sort of the thing he sort of takes blame for it he says yeah everything that you do to try and stop it is causing it yeah and he speaks of his experience in pompeii as well so you know interesting it's sort of that i think because he's like i'm gonna try and be a good person and no one dies here so you won't empty the clip but me being a good person makes everything bad and i do it's the tortured soul of the doctor but um then they're like, okay, they, they need to run away and the water boys follow after them, but they escape just and lock the doors and the flood try and blast it with water. And they sort of just stare with their really well contact eyes of just very tiny pupils. There was a lot like, of staring back and forth. I'd be like, like yeah. look, I don't think I'm going to sit here and watch you guys. I'm going to go. There's a, to be fair, my notes have a lot of they stare, they yeah. run. Yeah, there's it's a lot like of stare and run. It's like a George Lucas script. Instead of they fight, they run. <laughs> yeah. uh, but from there, uh, Ed enters the sick bay and he sees that Maggie's also dripping wet. And Mia doesn't think it's Maggie anymore. Uh, Ed confirms to Adelaide that Maggie has completely turned. And this is then when Adelaide orders them to turn off all the water supplies and not to drink it either because she suspects something's wrong with the water and we find out this is what, <laughs> this is what will turn them just one not time. not exactly sherlock here i think <laughs> no and uh the doctor says that humans are 60 percent water which makes them the perfect host but he can't see what for because uh he needs to go and this is then when andy blasts the water through the, his mouth um as the doctor asks if the doors are watertight, but the I asked if they're airtight, yeah, and oh, then yeah. that's a, it's a watertight. But water is smart; water is patient. Yeah, and uh, this is then when they run uh, more to gadget. This is the doctor in Adelaide, and he turbocharges gadget so the flood guys won't catch up with them. Can I say how much I hated uh, American boy trying to act like the doctor has overridden the system? Wow! I've, I've written in my notes in capitals. Wow! Yeah, all oh, this sucked. <laughs> it's terrible. I was trying to figure out: is it really this important? Why is this plot point so important? Without realizing, no, we need this for later. Yeah, we need it solely for later. Uh, the chase scene's really goofy, and I almost love it because of how goofy it is. But <sighs> with the tone of what this episode is, no, this feels totally out of place. You're right. You're right. Yeah. In in a um. In an episode that feels pensive and melancholic, uh, this was a little bit of zany. You know, we haven't had we haven't had that old doctor. Let's give him a scene here. It's uh, when we did uh, the the previous episode, the two part of series four. We you were like the thing with Sarah Jane is it's really kiddie and really jo- this this would be perfect in an episode of Sarah Jane. Yeah, the rest of this is perfect for Torchwood. So it's so totally actually yeah. that's, that's the best way to describe Doctor Who goofy and a bit too adult yeah yeah i mean you're not wrong i, I guess I, I think what happens later on maybe maybe this is russell t davies fault is that maybe is that um oh what's his name the guy's gonna take over oh from, uh, from, Stephen, from, Moffat. Stephen Moffat. Yeah. Stephen moffat gets you can do your goofy thing but the goofy has to be at the beginning or at the end or occasionally when he figures out how to beat the 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 baddie when you can totally shift 
Davies just kind of just drops in 90 seconds of silliness. And then we go back to our very serious plot. Yeah. Which is, I think is my main criticism of the Davies era. And something that I'm kind of intrigued to see if that continues in mm. the, his next era in the RTD2. Uh, so fingers crossed that there'll be something big there. Uh, but from there, we go to seeing the, uh, the Adelaide and the doctor have entered the med bay and they get a full look at uh, Maggie with the flood variant. Did and, you say uh, RTD2? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's he, amazing. That's, oh, I, I can't even take credit. That's what he he's named it. Well done, Mr. Davies. If you're going to brand yourself and I know something about that, I think, uh, well done. When, um, like three days before they announced it back in, where was it? September. Um, he posted this Instagram caption that just said RTD2. It was a, like him with a photo behind him. And I'm like, Hmm. Nice. Interesting. And he posted one like a couple days ago, at least for us of him and the sa- the same photo, but the, thing behind him as a christmas hat saying rtd2 christmas so that either means we're going to find out who the doctor is on christmas or is he writing some sort of special yeah i don't know i'm 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 okay with either or is he promising us that in his series run we will get christmas specials again i'm really hoping yeah yeah we we need to go back to that uh that's garbage going to new year's garbage yeah and uh, this is then when uh, Yuri says that she isn't talking anymore since the transformation. So I think I want to say that it follows the the thing that the doctor says earlier of they're, they're patient, they can wait. It, it lingers in everyone and it's sort of possessing until it goes, oh, no, I can I can reveal now. Yeah, garbage. No sense. Garbage. And, uh, it was designed so we could clearly go, they want to go to Earth and then yeah, shut them up. Yeah. And uh, they're trying to sort of see if she can recognize them, hear them, and the doctor starts to speak ancient North Martian from, I want to say, the uh, <sighs> oh, the, the Ice Warriors of Mars. And she recognizes it, and she sort of pops up uh, a little, and she's like, ooh, I know that. Although Adelaide and, keeps going like, we don't have any time for your stories. Yeah, we don't have time for this. Uh, she, you know who Adelaide is? Adelaide is like the babysitter who's shutting down the kid with the imagination. We don't have time for your <laughs> This is the nanny before Mary Poppins walks in. Adelaide is us whenever we do the final episode of a Marvel show, just say, we don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. Yeah, <laughs> just, 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 <laughs> yep. And uh, he then asks where they get the water from, and Adelaide says it's from a, an ice field. But the field is the water field is filtered, uh, as we're told by Yuri. But the doctor then realizes that it's it's not just hiding in the water; it creates the water. And Ed then tells Adelaide that because the infection's spreading, they need to take action one into place. And the doctor immediately recognizes somehow that action one is evacuation, and that's bad because that means they're going to go to Earth. And the water could go to earth and then because uh, because water is patient and it might yeah. be hiding in them da, 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 da. yeah and then steffi who is uh, i i think she's german uh at least her family is the uh the the blonde woman oh really uh, I, was, so, I thought she was danish but maybe that's just me oh maybe, maybe yeah and she tells adelaide that it will take up to three hours to load everything onto the ship for the flight so it could last them nine months and the doctor's trying to stop adelaide and says that they were chosen by this and because the water waits they're, they're the candidates that the, the flood need and because uh, maggie takes her time it means everyone could be infected since they all have drunk the same water and just one drop on earth's ecosystem and everyone's the flood and this is when the doctor says he she should actually leave but 
he's he really wants to see the 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 ice field. So he chases after Adelaide, and Yuri leaves Maggie in as he removes everything from the med bay, and lights go red. And would you believe it? Because no one's watching, Maggie then uses her water powers to get past the med door and turns the cameras off in the med bay, and she screams horrifically yep. to her flood brothers. I was really proud of that. Part. I wonder if it just left the lights on if the same thing would have happened. <laughs> I think it's the fact that it's like, oh, there, there's no one in here. That means I can make an escape because no one's... <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, she is German. You're right. Yeah. And uh, this is when we go back to it. We see the ice fields for the first time and we find out from the Doctor that these were built by by the Ice Warriors, the classic Doctor Who villain from uh, the before the revival. And the Doctor reckons that whatever the infection is, the Ice Warriors use their might and their power to, to freeze it so it couldn't hurt any of them. And they, they fled. Uh, the reason behind this was Russell T. Davies uh, was not too scared to do the Ice Warriors, but he needed a, a reason that they wouldn't be on Mars for a story. And I, I kind of appreciate that, but I really like the Ice Warriors. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know about it. So um... they, they have like a, an episode or two. Uh, in the in the new era, mainly by by Moffat, because there's a Smith episode and a Capaldi episode. I think that are the only ones that cover it. But okay. Weirdly, they're both very forgettable. Um, and then from there, we find out that uh, Adelaide says that she doesn't think the Doctor looks like a coward, and because he keeps running off, but she doesn't reckon that he is a coward, and he tries to s- sort of a very unsubtly explain the fixed moments in time. He's, he sort of just says that the certain moments in time are fixed and they have to stand and this base on Mars is a vital fixed point for what's about to happen. It's interesting that uh, he refers to it as just kind of a theory at this point, whereas yeah. I'd always sort of thought it was a law or like a hard rule. Whether that's to show his softening stance or whether that's to actually just sort of demonstrate, you know, is this him weakening or is this him actually being less doctory about it than he's been previously is the sense you know is is his uh compulsion with absolute adherence to it uh a negative trait or is this him sort of warming the waters for time lord victorious um interesting i i, I enjoyed hearing it phrased in this in this sort of capacity and it's it's sort of exposition but it's also a uh, a callback in a sense, the thing that we've always been told, and this is the, the time that as we're seeing people, and again, it's much like the Pompeii episode where we get to know the victims and we're going, maybe this is the one time we need to break this rule. We yeah. need to break this this time. And the more and more we go about it, it, it develops. And Adelaide wants to know what is the thing that must happen in the fixed point. And the doctor says that he doesn't know. And I think this is a half lie. I think this is a half, half truth. He knows they're going to die, but he doesn't know why. But instead, he just says that something wonderful will happen that started 50 years ago, which is a, a story that Adelaide only told her daughter who one day told the universe. And it's uh, Adelaide saw the Daleks in the Stolen Earth and Journey's End. That was cool. Yeah, I, I like this. Uh, and it was one of those things that I forgot about. And I went, oh, I'm really glad that I that I included that double part now because it just made it, it adds to everything. Yep. And it, it really is the culmination of the end of the Russell T Davies era that this is this is the biggest thing. If if the end of time was the end of the show, mm-hmm. it would be like a perfect conclusion of the way they reference everything in this episode. Because sure, this certainly. is the penultimate story. This is uh, the the, the antith- antithesis. Antithesis? 
I think. No, I don't think you're using that word correctly. No, that's not the one I'm looking no. for. Um, I would say that I think Russell T. Davies does a better job of creating the Russell verse, if you will, yeah. and having it all kind of uh, come down together, and um, that's what makes um, Stolen Earth and that that two parter and the end of time such rewarding watches. Uh, not in a way if it's dissimilar from Avengers with with the Endgame um, or Spider Man, assuming they 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 pull it off. But it's this idea that you're pulling together all these th- strands in a way that feels like, yeah, we we did experience all this. Thank you for paying it off in a way that felt measured and respectful to all the characters involved. Mm. Um, I don't think Moffat did that uh, it's really interesting I'm, I'm very curious at the end of this i really would like to get into a decent uh, R- uh rtd versus moffat kind of conversation mm. and um, then when we when we really want to just throw everything in the wood chip we'll then be like uh we'll throw chibnall the yeah, chibnall verse come into on. this to see come on <laughs> and, and, and it's also because they each have their doctor and you know yeah for, for i mean I, I think capaldi he grew on me by the time it was done i'll give yeah, him that i but but you know matt smith david tennant are you know 1a 1b or the other 1b 1a depending on who it's very rare you find someone who's really going to go to the wall and argue capaldi's your number one or whitaker oh, yeah oh, oh you serious okay okay capaldi's my number one and it might be what yeah seriously it might be because of recency bias but I, i've i've obviously i've been going back because my, my my girlfriend's been watching it I've really fallen in love with Capaldi again. Wow. Really when we, when in like nine months time, when we get to Capaldi, I'll, I'll try. Capaldi's final series in a bit is strong. Yeah. This is the thing. My His first Capaldi, series and a half though is poor, but we, we, we are getting way ahead of ourselves. Yeah. It's, it's a weird thing of, I love his doctor. His, the writing is, is the thing, but back to uh adelaide's story she then says that uh, her dad told her to stay put in their house while he went to look for a mom and he didn't come back and her mom didn't either so we assume that the daleks killed them uh but it, but she had an uh a moment with a dalek uh a dalek flew to her window and just didn't do anything but stared right into her and as if it sort of knew something and then then flies away it was Babe, I have a light of the moon. Come to my window. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's a really nice moment, and we actually get to see it. Actually, we get point of view shots from both perspectives. Really, really yeah. interesting. I, it was this weird synergy between um, a Dalek and and a little girl. And I, I wasn't sure. I wasn't aware this was the buddy space opera i needed in my life but it but but it, it kind of is and she vows to you know it was that moment i knew i would chase after it mm-hmm. and the doctor goes not for revenge and she goes of course not like what, what, what would that do or something like that like, and it's just this perfect and this is the idea that you're supposed to feel that she and the doctor are kind of like kin yeah yeah so you know it's a really oh it's just a wonderful little little scene yeah and uh, this is then when the doctor says that this is how she's going to create history. She begins a journey that takes the human race to to the stars, and it inspires her granddaughter to see the stars throughout all of the galaxy. And he names some mumbo jumbo timey wimey Doctor Who stuff. He says some mumbo jumbo stuff and <laughs> references something about like an alien prince that the that the Brook. Oh, that's the start of a whole with. new species. Yeah. 
Hey. And uh, he's like, everything, everything starts with her. She's important. And as great as this is to hear, she's not really happy and she just wants to know who he is. Because her point of view, it, it, compared to us, is some strange guy shows up, tells her her future, and also is like, there's some strange creatures that have appeared the same time that he has. Yeah. And um, he tells her, he says that he's telling her uh, as a consolation, which a bit, a bit of a nail on the head. A bit obvious. I like it. It's a slow reveal. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I think this, this is definitely more for the audience. I just like this idea. It's like more of a consolation. What do you say? Oh, nothing, nothing, nothing. <laughs> you, you're going to live. It's fine. I said, um, I can't wait to get out there and look at the constellations. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, they open a maintenance log, which is from Andy the day before. And this is then when we, when we find out that he tells us the, the water filters are broken and it's only one tiny filter, but then the flood. And this makes Adelaide yep. realize that everyone else that's on board can go home because they're not infected. Yeah. So Ed gets the shuttle ready and it's now in stage one. So everyone begins loading. And as Adelaide and the doctor start to run off, she agrees with the doctor about what he says uh, a while ago that they could just use bikes. And she's like, yeah, this is a, this is a bit too far. We do, we do need some bikes. Yeah. Um, yeah. The bike ex- thing was, it was, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. It's, it's there. And uh, she gives the doctor his spacesuit to leave and says, this is the, the moment uh, that her crew will escape. But at the same time, we see that Andy and uh, Tarek are starting to climb above on the roof. And the signals start to blare, because one of the things I didn't mention is that throughout this episode, um, I think it's Mia and Steffi are monitoring the, the life signs of Andy and Tarek, and the, the, the two red blips that are, that are on the screens. And because they're getting closer and closer, it starts getting louder and louder, and it's blaring, but everyone in the crew is too focused on leaving to realize what's yeah. going on. And But it's too late when Adelaide realizes, and Andy and Tarek just blast water on the ceiling to start to leak through into the the room below. And despite it being airtight, it will get through because water's patient. Yeah, it'll wear it down. Mm. And the doctor is at the same time just keeps seeing headlines as he watches the crew try and evacuate. And he takes one final look at Adelaide and he, he goes on his way. And I will say, I don't always say this in episodes, but the music is so well done in this scene. It's yeah. really haunting, and I really appreciate how sinister it is. Mm-hmm. And Ed goes to run off to uh, strap himself into the rocket for takeoff, and the Doctor tries to leave, but Adelaide won't let him leave just yet until he tells her what's happened. Oh, this is him in the airlock. Yeah. Yeah. And this is then when he references the events of Pompeii as an example to tell her what's happening, and everything he does makes whatever happen. Because with Pompeii, the story in the episode is the events of Pompeii happen so he can defeat an alien race. So he has to kill people and can only then save uh, Capaldi's family. And in the same way, him being here is going to cause all of the destruction. Well, has caused all the destruction. Yeah. Yeah. And the doctor then says that there are formal action procedures they can take. And action five is a nuke that will destroy the base. And the doctor says that today is the day that Adelaide Rook will use it. No one knows why, but it's because she was saving the Earth. Then it will inspire her granddaughter to take her to space. It's the day that she dies, but her granddaughter will fly out there as if she's trying to meet her. And Adelaide refuses. She just doesn't want, she says she won't die in her but her death it will create the future. Yep. And she begs for help. She tells him to help them if 
if he has the ability, but he can't. And he says that most times I can save someone, but not you. And I, I think both of them do such a fantastic job uh, in this delivery. Like he's broken and solemn and she's on her last string for mm-hmm. for anything, for survival. And it's because it's all done through comps. So you don't really see the other person's uh, talking. You just see their reaction. And I really, really appreciate that. And uh, he even says that I think the Dalek knew that your death was a fixed point in time and couldn't do it. That was interesting. I really liked that kind of uh, duality, the mirroring, the doctor, you know, the doctor and the Daleks as each other's literal like counterpoints in the universe. Yeah. You kind, they kind of are mutually dependent and that actually links them. It's a, it's a, it's a theme that gets pulled on by, I don't know, the Lego Batman movie with the, the Batman and Joker <laughs> uh, gets pulled on with like Harry Potter and Voldemort and things yeah. of that. You know, the idea of it, you are most like your polar opposite, which is a really interesting concept, I think. Mm. And she says that you'll die here too. And he says he won't because Adelaide Brooke will save him. So she just lets him go. And at the same time, the doctor leaves, the water begins to leak through the station and the crew is struggling for survival. And the doctor hears all of it through his comm in his helmet, which I, I'm going to ignore the, the in-world continuity. Sonic screwdriver done. Yeah. Cause it's just a really, really good, uh, between and oh it's wonderful as he's walking away and you hear them struggling you hear them struggling and he's powerless and he's walking and he's broke and he has to listen to them die but he'll he'd never turn it off so it's this suffering the doctor who suffers Mm. and then sefi becomes the the first casualty of all of this because she gets trapped by the water and in a final moment she looks at a video sent by her family and you can hear you can hear the video going on from her side talking in her native language and the doctor begins to fully leave instead of standing still and as he listens to the screams and the cries for help he can also hear Sefi crying and the call being heard and as slowly as the water takes hold of her her cries just fade out and you just hear the, the video until it cuts off and Adelaide screams at everyone to, to get out of the room and she's the only one that can look at the floodified version of Sefi, who really looks creepy because she, she's so far away and just now you've done a beautiful job you've done a beautiful yeah. job describing the scene uh this mm. is the most ridiculous looking transformation in the whole stinking <laughs> episode i thought you were gonna say the american the, no the this is no this is like she's doing like a music video where she's like running on the spot and like you know oh this is <laughs> this is like the start of oh what's that called the bit where she the girl's dancing for the auditions like and fumbles and has to go can i can i, can I try again can oh, i start yeah. it over flash dances it <laughs> oh so stupid stupid oh like I, the I really worst like i like it because of the maybe maybe yeah the the transformation is a bit goofy but everything leading up to it i really I, that was really the like. that's the point i mean it yeah. was it was this beautifully like you you have to watch the water come for you she's clearly trapped yeah can't rather than watch it she wants to watch her family beautiful moment the shriek and the cry when she feels the water on her hair for the first time and it knows that it's now happening and they're beautiful ruined by by this he's a maniac maniac of love yeah okay i think an easy way you can do this is because she she gets cornered at a point and she, she sort of goes into the corner i think if you 
maybe do like a sort of bird's eye view shot almost like above her as she gets lower and lower into the corner and then you just hear the scream and the doctor's calm and then the next <laughs> yeah. thing you see is Adelaide's in there is a only a show us us through the ears of a doctor and the eyes of Adelaide and then looking and you see her react like something's occurred yeah. but I don't need to see what she's looking at the transformation because I've already seen two transformations I don't need another one I think no you, we've seen We've seen three at this Yeah. Point. We've seen three. All goofy. Now I don't need to see. And, you know, we saw, we, we saw like, like the whole prayer hand thing ever happen again. This was. Yeah. This is my. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, Ed says they're going to be able to fly despite people dropping like flies. And uh, Roman the American gets his single drop on his face and he graciously oh. accepts, his, accepts his fate. Have and he's like. I have, know, just one drop. Have you ever seen From Dust Till Dawn? Years ago. So, like, they all turn into, like, vampires, and it was the most yeah. inconsistent idea for, like, how long it takes someone to transform. Yeah. Oh, my word. He gets one drop on his cheek. Within 30 seconds, he's like, I think it's because I'll, I'll oh. defend it but just by saying that, like, it, it can do it whenever it wants, but at the same point, yeah. <laughs> It's not inside your system if it's on your cheek. I mean, at least give me a comfort to believe it like soaks into the organic matter. This yeah. is dumb. Uh, but he he turns into a flood and we see the doctor's reaction and he just gets more and more destroyed the more he hears people just falling to the flood. And Ed is about to get ready, but he gets blasted by Maggie and he tells Adelaide that the shuttle's been compromised and he starts to turn. I think this is the worst turn because he's just convulsing as he's strapped up essentially to a bed yeah i mean he's really limited with what he can do so instead we have to yeah. wait for the for the contact lenses to go in yeah and uh, but unlike Ed everybody else where himself. everybody else who gets wet they just stand there yeah like i would have rather have seen someone like run outside knowing that they're going to be in and like go the other side of the uh, of the airlock yeah like the young american kid just stands there just one drop like don't don't do this honorable noble death thing run out of the room and lock yourself out <laughs> you know what i mean like this oh poppycock yeah uh but ed blows up the shuttle to stop himself from harming anyone else and stop the flood reaching earth and uh the doctor gets caught in the blast and he looks around the fire and the flame and the debris and he reflects on how the time lords are gone and at the same time uh yuri mia and adelaide are screaming for help because their their dome is losing oxygen and the doctor realizes he's the last one left he's the only one in control anymore he's the last time lord and he marches back up to help and this is a, it's a complete shift. He's confident, he's cool and collected, he's calm, and he's ordered But like 10% to too much. Yeah it's, yeah, it's sinister. Yeah. It's it's on that it's on that cusp of you know when someone's just a bit a bit too nice. You it's know not happy wrong. excited, it's I'm really full of myself yeah, excitement. This, this yeah. is ego, this is vain. Yeah. And uh, the doctor says that someone said that one day he was going to die, which was uh, the, the pork chop lady we mentioned earlier. But he knows it won't be today because they'll knock four times and he doesn't hear any knocking. And then we say, <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Can you He's hear like, me knocking? Only, <laughs> only three knocks for you. Yeah. And he electrocutes Andy for a little bit. And uh, again, yeah, great trick. 
Yeah, try it again. Not used again. Nope. And uh, Adelaide just screams in confusion because he said they were going to die and, and this isn't what's right. Oh, this was and a he, giant flip because he flips and then she flips back. Oh, so dumb. See, I think it kind of works. I think I wanted accepted her fate. I I needed this to be a gradual because the human instinct is to survive. Yeah, I needed this to take place after. Yeah, I need her to be on board with it right now because she was on board with it fifteen seconds ago. The natural instinct is to save and and also save the these these two members of her crew. That should have been so. It was yeah. This is a slight issue for me. Uh, her, her whole reason is like you said there were laws of time and and uh, the doctor's excuse is just well there were law- laws of time and there were people in charge of those rules but they died and i'm in charge the laws of time are mine and they will obey me and he sh- oh he screams at he's him. super it's, villain it's, in it it, it could be the yeah, master yes it's, it's great and uh, the doctor starts to try with his might, but the environment controls then uh, go down. But he's not beaten yet because he's not going to, he's not just fighting the flood now. He says he's fighting time itself and he will win. And Maggie's flood version screams at the ice, which is causing it to crack and open. And the doctor tries to think of a way out, but he's got a funny robot. And this is then when Gadget Gadget is, is useful yep. again in the episode. So he's in a race against time, literally, to get gadged to the TARDIS before they die. And Adelaide starts to look on in horror, and she's she's accepting her fate and seeing all the destruction and death around her. And there was a race against time, minutes. literally. Wouldn't you actually be in a foot like like you and time at a race ready More to go? Like the literal the literal concept of time. Yeah, but it's it's not a race. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think because you said literal, so I'm trying to think if there's a chance if there's an example of an unliteral race against time then it's more as in like he's actually fighting time so he's trying to he's he's acknowledged time. by by name that his opponent is time i will give you that yeah. i will give you that and uh adelaide accepts her fate and to save the human race gets action five ready with thankfully with a 100 second countdown that's handy because if it was a test because you need all 100 seconds on that yeah if it's important enough to blow yourself up you need 100 seconds to think about it and the doctor says that if he has to fight her, he will as well. Question, why was there a 100-second countdown on the base but not on the shuttle? I you want to blow up your only way home? Knock yourself out. That's not something you got to think about. This is this is the thing. And, like, I know it's it's for dramatic effect later on. But it's so we can have a figurative race against time at that point. Yeah, yeah okay. And then uh, the glacier opens up as all of the floods start to scream to crack it. I like that we never actually see what's underneath it. I really like that. Oh, okay. it's, the same, it's the same with the episode of Midnight where we never actually see the creature. That yeah, frust- frustrated the hell out of me. But. Oh, see, I like that. It just makes it more... Because it's just a virus, so we wouldn't really see a monster. We just see... Yeah. Molecules. Uh, but Gadget reaches the TARDIS and everything surrounding the Doctor burns and it... Uh, this is like a really nice shot, I think, because is this him with the low angle? Uh, not yet. But oh, this is the one where you got flames and debris surrounding him. That was all right, yeah. He's got this chaotic, like an evil grin. Like he's. Oh, can I just it- also say that he also went for it when he's trying to get gadget gadget to go running? Like he's doing, he's doing oh, a pretty yeah, goofy flaming. move himself. He's flaming. Yeah, the gadget's on fire, and Adelaide. But no, but the doctor himself is like kind of sitting oh, yeah, there, kind of. Like, hey. If if so I move my hands face? fast, he drive he drives quicker. I like it. 
like his facial expressions in it. This um, was to making a thing go fast, as pointing your wand hard is to fighting in the Harry Potter universe. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. But Adelaide's terrified of him and starts shaking her head. No, Gadget lands the TARDIS, thankfully, in the, the dome. And this is then when we get that fantastic uh, below shot of the Doctor surrounded by flames with the light oh. like, angelic surrounding. Oh, it's perfect. Ooh, it's, it's, it's interesting, though, because you have the mixture of the flame and the light. And that's who yeah. the Doctor is at this point. He's both the angel and the devil. It's great. Oh, it's so, so good. He's, you know what this is? There's a giant foreshadow of him being in, in, in bad omens <laughs> or good omens, whatever it was called. Good omens. Good yeah. omens. Yeah. And uh, the base explodes, but thankfully the TARDIS lands back on earth with Yuri, the doctor, Meyer and Adelaide. Don't ask there how. Is, don't. Yeah. There is, there is silence, just pure silence. And the doctor opens saying, is there anyone going to thank me? Gadget dies because he's lost his signal. And they've also landed outside Adelaide's house on the same day on Earth. And Mia and Yuri just run away because Mia's horrified about witnessing everything. I, I, on the inside the, I yeah. did. Why is this one scared of the fact that's beer on the inside? Because we need her to be. Yeah, it's, it's just to show that the, the doctor's lost his way and he's not. Yes, but I just didn't buy her. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Hello, Eternals. I didn't buy the <laughs> logic of what she was doing, nor her performance of it. You know, Yuri, Yuri, I got Yuri's conflicted. I'm OK with yeah. conflicted. She was just like, done silence. Oh, like, oh, stupid. And uh, she she runs off. Yuri follows her. And Adelaide is angry. This is where you need this. This is where she can start putting the pieces together. Yeah. Now that it's quiet, now that he's going, oh, I like snow. And he's yeah. kind of back to the doctor that we know and like. And but she's still, not, well, the, 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 the snow thing kind of is. Yeah. And for a moment, it's like, oh, it's a Christmas special, isn't it? I know yeah, it's not a Christmas right. special, but it feels like a Christmas special, isn't it? I want to do this, a little bit of snow, everything's feeling good. And then she can kind of go at it and then build to this. Although I get the idea of wanting to do it when there's chaos around you from a storytelling perspective or from the audience's tension. But I think this is better from a character perspective. However, we do get a lovely scene. So I'll, ha I'll yeah. hand back control. I, I yield the sonic screwdriver back to you. <laughs> and this is then when the dog's like, we got a family reunion. But she's supposed to be dead. And this is then uh, the person her granddaughter is supposed to become. It, it won't happen. The doctor reckons otherwise. And he says, the future of the human race, uh, she, she says, no one should have that much power to determine that. And his reaction is simply just tough. Yep. And Adelaide thinks that she says, you should have left me on Mars. And this is when the doctor starts to inflate his ego again. It's like, well, I've done this thing before in, in small ways with little people. And Adelaide gets enraged about the mention of people like uh, Yuri and Maya are just little people to him. Ah, I think, you know, I I'm with him. Previously, it was Capaldi and his family in Pompeii. Yeah. Now it's like a, a giant world figure. Let's go ahead and do this. And yeah i and the good thing is like everything with the doctor feels earned i mean all, all the heartache he's had at some point he's gonna go yeah. i'm done with the rules playing by the rules you know what it's done it's cost me um oh, oh rose tyler yeah romantically it's cost me my friendship with um oh what's her name Oh, with Martha? Martha. It's it destroyed it, Martha's family. Yeah, it's 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 destroyed um Donna Noble's mind 
and then we had to revert her back to a part which we didn't want to um and all of the people that died for him as well astrid all the ones that we saw in oh, the, oh, yeah uh, in the montage yeah so like you know like there's so much and so you know fine i'm gonna go ahead and i'm gonna do it my way because i'm gonna lose anyway mm. let's do it like this totally earned and and then he goes oh it's locked up is it i can fix that oh, and he terrifying. opens their door which now makes him like this like i can do what i want and go in there and do as you're to oh jeez there is yeah. no free will there is no more I'm free will in the universe you to live your life it's horrifying yeah it's like it's this moment of joy for him but for everyone else the concept of i have to live now is, is terrifying he and this is when he's like i i lost i always thought that i was i was just the survivor but i'm the winner and he declares yeah. himself the time lord victorious with no one to stop him the the phrase that launched uh a whole franchise Whew. i'll um, get to that in a bit he's often done the boastful thing but he's yeah. never done the i'm gonna show off he's done the, i'm gonna show off how powerful i am by look at what look what i can do he's never done the show off how powerful he is by holding it over someone in their life yeah. this is he's he's using he's just lording his he's acting as if he's a god adelaide says he's wrong the time will victorious is wrong but that's for the doctor to decide not her and this is then when she when she's forced to go inside and and he is so cocky walking back oh, to the tardis yeah. here and she even says to him is there nothing you can't do anymore is there nothing you can't do and she, he just replies not anymore yeah and she enters her house and the doctor vainglorious walks away and adelaide pulls out her blaster and just shoots herself and we get a lot of whip pans and zooms the doctor realizes what's going on also, they took like four different takes and said which one use them all use because yeah. it's four very different shots of four different yeah. faces yeah which ones you like russell yes yes and uh, we also i'll tell you what the, the little like laser like it was not fitting with the tone i could have used i could have used a big old-fashioned pistol yeah yeah I, when i did the intro i was like i need to include this and i just had to like boost the volume for that because it's so quiet I, I i don't think he even i don't even think he hears it <laughs> if it wasn't a show, he's he's on his way to the next to the next time lord yeah. victorious hangout and uh the timeline is corrected and he sort of he looks on it in horror as he gets more of the uh headlines pop and he now sees one where yuri and maya uh rectify her uh adelaide's name and uh her granddaughter still goes back, but it's to clear her legacy instead of uh, following her legacy. And the Doctor sees Ood Sigma, the Ood from uh, the Planet of the Ood episode, where yeah. Donna and him save all the Oods. And he says then in that episode, your song's ending. So when he sees Ood Sigma again, he knows his song's going to end. And he admits, he's like, I've gone too far. And he falls to his needs. And he asks Ud Sigma if this is his death, if that's what's been foretold. And before he can know, Sigma vanishes and the Doctor runs to his TARDIS and he stares at the console over just everything he's done. And the cloister bells start ringing, indicating that time's gone wrong. The That's always just some, something bad is going to happen. Oh, okay, I know that. Yeah, whenever so like whenever there's a bad, it, it's used a lot in like some of the later seasons, but it's just that it, it just means the uh, the end of time or something something wrong has happened, and the doctor contemplates everything and he just says no, and he goes off for another adventure and this is where 
Time Lord Victorious begins. And this is sort of a, a spin-off uh, sequel, in a sense, to The Waters of Mars, where we, we see the Time Lord Victorious. The Doctor realizes that he needs power, and he goes back in time to kill the creatures that created death and mortality. And he becomes a, a, a god. And the TARDIS hates what happens. The TARDIS... Uh, what, little... what, what are you talking about? What is all this stuff you're saying? The, so uh, the last couple of years, uh, the BBC have created the actual Time Lord Victoria story that follows this. All right. So instead of it being a line, we then get an actual story. And David Tennant comes back to reprise his role as the Doctor to do audio dramas and games mm. to sort of go through it. And the TARDIS is abhorred at the fact that the doctor did this so the choice is uh he uh, the TARDIS wants to teach the doctor a lesson so takes him back to uh the furthest point but also gets the ninth doctor and the eighth doctor involved and yeah no it's just the doctor will try and destroy the concept of death become too powerful and have it, it's like a, it's like a second version of the 50th special where you get the the doctors of christmas past and present and the future wow okay yeah, it's it's really good. Um, this also links into the the, the big. Uh, it, it's a it's a load of things. It's comics. It's books. It's audio dramas. Uh, it's an escape room and also a uh, a live interactive Doctor Who experience in London called Time Fracture. And the events of this 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 thing in the waters of Mars, the fact that the Doctor changes uh, all of time, the future, causes time to fracture in twenty twenty one in London. And Unit and Kate Bridge Stewart notice something and recruit the general public who've been nominated by the doctor. So anyone who buys a ticket to investigate it and you interact with parts of Doctor Who lore from from because of Time Lord Victorious. It's great. Hmm. All right. Cool. Something that was a line that we loved actually has meaning now, and I appreciate that. But that's not the Waters of Mars. The episode we just covered was the Waters of Mars. So what did you think i love this episode i mean there's a reason yeah. why when we drew it up i said we're doing the one on mars right oh um, it's, it's one of the most important ones yeah it, it is it's a really important episode it's weird we did um as i'm recording this we've just recently done episode four of hawkeye um partners am i right yeah and i said a a reveal doth not a good episode make and I guess we could say, you know, the last five minutes of an episode don't, you know, someone drops a little thing about his future. That doesn't make a good episode. I think what we had here was an all-time great Doctor Who standalone episode. And we yeah. then put on the back end of it this massive story development and character beat. And you put those together. And I think, I mean, when, when we're all said and done, I'll probably do a list because I always love, love a list. Oh, but yeah. if I'm listing my top 10 Doctor Who episodes at the end of this, I mean, it, 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 I, I can't imagine this being left off it. This is fantastic in the sense of character, the exploring the Doctor's character, uh, the concept of the, the Time Lords, what happens when you're the last, the, the concept of the rules of time is what it, it really goes through it. And the villain... I know we joked on the, the the transformations, but the villain is really creepy and effective for the story. It also speaks to why it's important for the doctor to have a companion because yeah. they ground him, because they keep him humble, because they keep him human, pardon the pun. Um, and then when he's lost, like this doesn't happen if he's got Donna Noble with him or, yeah. or, or insert companion of your choice here. Um, and so I think 
the loneliness of a doctor and what that can cause you to do when you're the only voice in the room uh powerful the smartest one and you know you're the smartest one and there's no one to tether you there's no one to give you that dissenting voice um adelaide doesn't count in this because she just hasn't been around you know she was she was independent of it you need someone who's not from that group going we need to go this isn't right you shouldn't do this there's a reason in turn left the reason the doctor dies is because donna isn't there to tell him to stop because he goes he goes to that side again he goes to that time lord victoria side to kill the rachnos in that episode uh when she's not there and it kills him because he has no one to stop him it's great so really follows that yeah i mean it's 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 an all-timer and i seem to like these ones where you get uh, a new uh almost companion for an episode uh we we saw it here we saw it with uh the christmas episode on the titanic and we even saw it all the way back to um i don't know if it's called bad wolf it's the one where he ends up hanging out with was it stacy with a y or april amy with a y oh, yeah so yeah. whatever it was uh, on, on on the reality show episode uh with, with eccleston I, I tend to really like these kind of things so i really liked this and they were a fun duo and an older woman and i'm i'm really cool with that an older woman with authority and power brilliant just brilliant as it's it's she was i feel really she's the oldest female companion i believe and for uh, a month for a month she was the oldest uh companion ever until bernard cribbins went <laughs> wilf no. is like hold my metamucil <laughs> we're gonna have a go at this so she had like I, I think it was like just over a month of being yeah. the oldest companion until oh love you wilfy boy <laughs> that's so wild to think wilf is really only a companion for one episode I well a two-parter two, yeah two, two-parter yeah. um but no uh I, we'll do the the usual stuff uh sure. favorite element oh it's i see it's 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 hard um I would go with as repetitive and stupid as it was mm. the use of those obituary boom boom <laughs> you know 2059 I thought, I thought you were doing the uh law and order thing though boom boom none of the the because what it did was it grounded for me that rep- the repetition of it how much of a fixed point this really was and then when you're reversing this like how much you're reversing history uh, I suppose as far as the narrative of the episode goes, it's that. I mean, outside of that, it's got to be everything from the Time Lord Victorious. Everything from him doing the... Oh, shoot, it's so hard. The tonal shift. The tonal shift between him walking away, building into everything from the Time Lord Victorious, from his return to the laser shot. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. It's, David it's Tennant's best acting performance maybe ever. I'll give. I'll, yeah, I think I, I, I think I, I feel good wanna, with that. I don't want to link too too late into into, ne- into next time. Oh, episode, maybe uh, the freak out on Wilf. To this point, to yeah, this yeah, point, yeah, yeah. to to this point, it is he's he just he just keeps knocking out of the park. And I will also say this uh, episode had an increase of two million viewers compared to the previous episode of Planet of the Dead. That was eight point four. This is ten point yeah. uh, three point like ten point three eight. And it was I mean. a great classic horror movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. It like it was a works. really it was a really simple premise to get your head around. Mm. Um, we could see what a threat was. We could understand it within moments. 
and then it's what do you do you know it's like this the simplest one's the best right so you do oh what was that movie with uh oh a quiet place right yeah a quiet place if they hear you you're dead simple rules bird box right don't take the blindfold off I think I never saw it, but yeah, you know these that, things. Essentially, that thing. Yeah, these things kind of you know the simplest ones are often the best, and it was this was one of those ones. So this is another one where I think we said all the way back in um, oh I forget what it was called the lost child the stolen child are you my mommy whatever that was called oh uh, the empty child empty yeah. child right you know sometimes like these horror esque who episodes when done well are fantastic, and this yeah. might be the best version of one in a single standalone episode uh to this point maybe again ever i'll throw out there Uh, the thing i do really like about this uh as well is like especially at the time this is 2009 so we haven't even we haven't gone to mars and probes yet we haven't looked around the surface of mars so mars is this mysterious thing that we know nothing about so it makes the 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 fear even greater something something i was thinking i mean just just the use of video conferencing as like a regular domestic thing i mean we do obviously it's literally how we're doing the podcast now yeah but 2009 not something people were doing Mm, webcams are a thing but not with this sort of clarity or 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 ability i mean it's just scrap oh totally cool yeah, uh, and from coolness, um, I didn't say mine. I realized, but it's it's the progression of the Doctor and Adelaide's uh, conflicting beliefs. I really like that they the the switch they have throughout the episode. I really like the arc they both go on, and I think it it really shows the the growth that one thing can have. One bit of loneliness has, and I I really really love the chemistry between them because of how opposed they are. And from that, that all that bragging, um, little little grumble. Oh, um, I mean, I had fun with it. Some of the, some of the, what are the rules for change? Yeah, the bit where she talks about Earth having water and then shuts up for the rest of the time. That was a bit hard for me to overlook. And yeah. that was the most cartoony this felt. So maybe it was, a, I mean, I don't think it was a bad thing to get her to shut up. Far from it. But you had to yeah. establish, and I don't know how else you do it. They're going to go for Earth. So mm. it, it was a necessary evil. Um, the, there's some moments of silliness that I would have gotten rid of. Yeah. I would have gotten I rid mean, of. I mean, yeah, it's just the, it's the, it's the tonal goofiness really, yeah. I think is the, is the biggest issue, but it's, but the, the incredibleness of this episode, it almost makes sense to the, the, the length doctor's about to go. Cause he, when he goes, he go it's insanity and it kind of makes sense for the the rest of the episode yep and uh yeah i guess we've got uh just ratings um, feeling for this here we go i'm breaking the ice here Ooh. uh don't have to be a perfect episode i mean things are gonna go wrong and whatever sort of things uh for the character for the standalone the quality of a standalone narrative unto itself for the character development it does towards not just tenant's version of a doctor but the doctor overall to the fact that it tied into the stolen earth in a way that you would not have seen coming and the fact that we went time will still beat you doctor time will still win you think you're this haha time finds a way 
this gets a 10. This is, mm. now I reserve the right to give another episode a 10, but oh, this yeah. one gets a 10. This is fantastic. Prime Doctor Who. You could sit so you could sit someone down, even if they knew nothing about this, and I think you'd still have a really enjoyable time. Oh, yeah. This is, it's not just like a perfect Doctor Who episode. This is just a perfect episode, like, yeah. thing to show someone this got the uh the hugo award for best drama oh, did it really? yeah yeah <laughs> the best short form drama yeah and i that's it's it it shows it i yeah. i'm i'm going the same it's not just because that's the number doctor he is but it, <laughs> I'm, I'm going 10 as well it's i wasn't so sure if i was to be alone on that ledge yeah. no, no 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 i i i really this is this without episode. question the best episode we, we've done to this point and this is this is also one of those things that because I've been going through this series again, I watched this episode maybe a month and a half ago before. Okay. And we've done episodes on on the pod where I'm like, oh, do I really want to come back to this? Like when we did Stolen Earth and Journey's End, I was like, I like this, <laughs> but I don't want to come back to it too soon. Yeah. yeah. I I was I was all in to to sit down and watch this. Like really, really excellent. I really enjoy this. I got. I was doing the when I was doing the intro, I was getting giddy, being like, oh, I love this episode so much. It's so good, <laughs> and it. It's it's the perfect beginning of uh, Tenant's End. It is the perfect way to yeah. conclude his arc and get ready for that final final thing. Because he suffered, he suffered so much, and I really, really love the the journey he goes on with this. And it it, it really is perfect. Yeah, I'm 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 right there with you. Um, yeah. And like all things that we've said so far, the Doctor's song is ending, so I can't really surprise you with anyone with what the the next episode we're covering is. <laughs> imagine but... if we skipped it. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> yeah, we're going straight to the Beast Below, the second episode. A second, the second, made. not even the first one. <laughs> uh, no, uh, we're of course we're doing the two-parter. Hey, wait, hang on one second. I think there's a pizza at the door. Oh. Someone's knocked four times. Someone's knocking four times. Okay. Yeah. We're doing the two-parter finale of not just David Tennant's era, but also the Russell T. Davies oh. era. The conclusion of what everyone has known as Doctor Who in like the current. I don't want to get ahead era. of myself, but I think you made a reference to it. If someone was to tell me I stopped watching after the Russell T. Davies era and I put a full stop there, no judgment. Totally get it. Yeah. There were two points where someone was like, I stopped here and I go, yeah, that makes sense. It's the end of Davies era. It's the end of Moffat's era. Because the way that Moffat's era concludes. Yeah. It, yeah. Just sort of, it, it leaves it open. Yeah. But it's also like on a really high note as well of I let you go, but I'm going to continue. With this one, it is, it's perfect. Um, yeah. But no, we're doing the end of time part one and two, the uh, a long end, a long, long one. And the exciting oh. thing is I had to remove an episode I wanted to do on the podcast to make this fit. I removed turn left and I'm okay with this because the day this episode will drop for listeners will be the 11th anniversary that the final episode aired. Oh, really? So this will be New Year's Day for people when this episode drops. Oh, excellent. Yeah, so the end of time will drop on its anniversary. I, it's oh, it is too. I, I'm just I'm yeah. literally just looking at it right now. That's amazing. And, and to make it work better, the eleventh anniversary to it, it introduce the eleventh Doctor at the end. Oh, there we are. Look at this. Couldn't couldn't have made that up. Jeez. Yeah, 
I, I, I was very excited when I found that one out. But no, thank you so much for joining us for this uh, great deep dive of a great Doctor Who episode. Yeah. If you've been listening and you need to catch up on any BFE content, we have had the episode of Hawk Guys on Monday. We had our 100th episode of Best Film Ever Film Reviews with The Matrix. We have a see it or skip it on Spider-Man coming soon coming soon would be a good shout i know yeah. um i know a few of us are coming to see it thursday i know a couple of us are going to see it friday maybe it's like a friday or a saturday recording thing we're gonna try and get that out asap it may be a, a, yeah. a weekend of many releases weekend of many many releases yeah uh we also have the bfe quiz night as well bfe quiz night and i gotta release that before christmas so, yeah. <laughs> it's christmas themed <laughs> the, so that's gotta happen quiz and we've also got uh uh christmas mailbag uh, we, we've got our christmas mailbag do we know it's christmas yep. and that'll be either friday or sunday the same with our quiz we've got a lot and that is yeah. now the following tuesday listen to our episode on love actually the monday before that listen to episode five of <laughs> we, got, we, we got we don't stop we got we are this the is podcast victorious right now. we are the podcast victorious <laughs> nicely done <laughs> Nothing can stop us. So if you want to catch us on social media, we are at BFE Pod on Twitter, Facebook. We are hang on. Whoa, 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 whoa. We are at Best Film Ever Pod on Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, <Sorry>. Twitter, <laughs> uh, and uh and, 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 and at gmail.com. So yeah, so there yeah. we are. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you soon. I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian. And I will say I think uh Whatever's coming, I know that the listeners will definitely knock four times. We'll see you in 2022. Wow. I don't see.